Hey everyone, this is Jared of the Synautical Podcast. If you're into holistic health, philosophy, and spirituality, come check out and listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Today I'm interviewing Andy Travis, creator of Unshakably Fit. Andy has 17 years of fitness education and experience, and his training is data-driven and at its core focuses on applying the fundamentals of fitness to routines for his clients. I sought out Andy to interview because I trained at one of his gyms, Roots Fitness, which was what I would call a functional fitness facility. And there I met a client who said that his training enabled her to walk again. Now, how many trainers can you say have done that? That story is why I wanted to interview Andy today. Welcome, Andy, to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to it. So we're going to get into that story that I mentioned later in the podcast. But first, I'd like to just get started with the audience learning a bit about you. And um, just adding to that intro a bit, why I wanted to interview you is because your training methods focus more on function, ability, and longevity, more so than aesthetics, at least in what I observed at your gym. And that's the focus of this podcast. It focuses on lifelong health and fitness. So if you could say in a few sentences, how would you describe Unshakably Fit's program? Fundamentally, uh, it's a 12-month program. Uh, the program is designed to collect data, which we're constantly revisiting so that we can make sure that we're progressing in the directions that we're looking for. Uh, what that program look like looks like is going to be primarily based off of uh, certain skill acquisition that the client's looking for. Uh, for example, the individual we're going to discuss, her basic skill was to walk again. Uh, sometimes, sometimes someone's basic skill is a handstand. Sometimes their basic skill is to learn to take care of themselves, to create a sustainably, or sustainably fit lifestyle. Uh, so fundamentally, uh, it's a simple program to help acquire simple skills for a very effective and sustainable life. Okay, that sounds good. I like sustainable in there because it's all about keeping up with it and not so much you know, going crazy, doing the hardest stuff, and then you can't keep up with it, which uh, is pretty common. The focus is definitely on the long game, not the short game, if you will. Yeah. So earlier in the podcast, in the intro, I mentioned that Unshakably Fit focuses on, at its core, is fitness fundamentals. So what is comprised in uh, your fitness fundamentals that you use to prescribe to clients? Well, I'll tie into the Roots theme. You mentioned a gym that I used to have in San Antonio, Roots Fitness. What the goal of the fundamentals of fitness is, is to tie all our musculature back into the root uh, of where our movement starts, which is at our spine. Uh, so by learning the fundamental function of how our spine is designed to coordinate with gravity, which is all physiology is, uh, we teach the body how to balance itself out, how to uh, let go of tension where it's not needed, uh, gain tension or strength where it is needed, and just fundamentally create just a good physical existence that's very comfortable. And uh, as I like to say, allows us to go anywhere and do anything at any time. <laughs> okay. So going on to that a bit more, in the intro, I mentioned data-driven as well. So what data do you look for with your clients and how do you gather the data? Yeah. We do collect the basic data, body composition or BMI, uh, depending on what the individual is looking for. Uh, we may look at body fat percentage, maybe it's basic weight. But in all actuality, a lot of our data is very fundamentally based on what the client's looking for. Examples is 
Uh, I have a client who is a fourth degree martial artist who's looking to apply better movement patterns to his martial art. Uh, so his data is, is, is really a strange one. Uh, it's just basically videos. And each of those videos, the visual data we're collecting shows an individual who's moving more confidently and more smoothly through these uh, martial arts routines without any of the discomfort that he used to have. Of course, on the flip side of that, um, I have an individual I'm training with who's, what, 23 years old, and he let college put on a little bit of weight, and all he wants to do is begin to develop healthy eating habits. So he can come back down off of that. And all we're doing is fundamental data collection of how many calories he's eating every day. He's got three workouts he's supposed to do a week, which is our constant on that end. And from there, we just adjust the data depending on uh, on, on what his calories tell us. So it's very um, it's very unique to the individual. Uh, it definitely requires uh, a lot of deep diving into the, the, the core reason why anyone is looking to, to uh, obtain a sustainable lifestyle. But um yeah, we do. Yeah, it's a very hard and easy easy question to answer. We collect the basic data, but we also collect a lot of uh, a lot of different data points, a lot of different metrics or ways of measuring that data as well. Well, that makes sense, and I'm sure the clients, once they actually see the data, it helps them to learn later on in life what to look for when maybe they fall off the wagon a bit. They might be able to say, you know, I'm not eating this or that or whatever was prescribed to me at the time when I lost the weight or Instead of, say, example, looking at the scale and looking at that one bit of information, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're providing more than that. Oh, yeah. We're, you know, we're providing a foundation that, uh, that is uh, customized 100% to you. you know, most of us, when we start looking for uh, fitness or looking for health or whatever it is that brings us out into to taking care of ourselves physically, we'll typically just go buy a program or just jump on board in a class with a program that, uh, you know, it's effective, uh, but there's there's components of those programs that don't necessarily fit capacity that we have as an individual. So this program really allows, it allows individuals to build a, build a program that, that matches all their capacities as well as progresses them towards the capacities that they would like to create. Uh, so therefore at any point in time, like they fall off the wagon, as you say, no longer do they have to go searching for a program. They can literally open up this file that they've already built with their own hard work, with their own knowledge based on their own data and their own metric, and they can get right back on the wagon without skipping a beat. Yeah, that sounds perfect. It kind of reminds me of a book I read years ago. I'm not going to plug that book right now, but um, you know, once I read that book, it gave me so much information about the different things going on in your body and things to look out for to keep your body fat down that whenever I fell off the wagon a bit, I knew exactly why, because that book filled my brain with so much information. So I'm sure your clients are experiencing that with all the data that you're providing them with and tracking for them. 100%. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. That statement never proves to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So as far as uh, the fundamentals of fitness, because I feel like we only briefly went over it, um, can you call out some parts of those fundamentals? I know we spoke previously and we talked a bit about mind, body, spirit, chemistry, breath work, physiology. Can you break that down as simply as you can? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on all three of those and uh, I'll talk about the most fundamental concept, fundamental thing that we can do for each. So we're talking about, uh, say, the mind-body-spirit concept um, or physiology, too, is what we'll use uh, for, the, for the body. So instead of thinking of body, let's look at a scientific word of physiology. Physiologically speaking, uh, we have a spinal cord that has three sections to it. And each of those sections has nerve roots that goes out to our muscles that create the structure, the electrical 
electrical signaling to create the structure via our nervous system. Physically, if we move each of those three portions of the vertebrae in the three planes of motion, which to simplify it, front to back, side to side, and rotational. So if we run each segment of the spine, front to back, side to side, and rotational every single day, we're effectively opening up our movement from its core, from its root, from our spine, uh, which then allows the muscles to reorganize themselves around the spine. Uh, so fundamentally, when it comes to our physiology or our body, the best thing we can do every day is exercise our spine. Now let's look at uh, biology. This is what I would call the food component, uh, which is maybe the mind. A lot of us eat uh, psychologically, as we know. The fundamental thing I mentioned earlier about uh, speaking to the client mind is to just literally take notes and to keep track of what we're consuming. What biology are we putting in for our biology to use? Are we putting in biology that has no nutrients in it, empty food? Well, then we're not really biologically feeding our body as opposed to maybe eating some healthy vegetables. So keeping a daily diary, a daily notepad, uh, use an app, uh, calculate your calories on a calculator. Uh, I don't really care how you do it, but keeping some sort of daily tracking of the food that's going in your mouth is going to give you so much peace of mind to help that physiology reorganize itself to create that sustainable fitness that we're looking for. Uh, and as far as the spirit goes, this is such an interesting one to talk about because I'm not really the most spiritual person. However, I've found that the spirit of doing something, and this will tie in the breathing component of it, the spirit of sitting down and breathing, which is very hard for a lot of us to do, stillness, if you will, the spirit, to put the spirit into it, to sit down and say, I'm going to teach myself to breathe better, which is what we're doing whenever we're, we're breathing, mm -hmm. uh, then brings the spirit of every time you're exercising, you're breathing better. When you're eating, you're breathing better. Throughout your entire day, the spirit of breathing then becomes what drives you to help you get through the good times, the bad times, more importantly, to help you get through the really hard workouts or maybe the really hard days where you didn't know your nutrition. Uh, so the fundamental of each of those, the fundamental of the spirit is just to sit down and spend some time with yourself breathing. That's it. Just train yourself to breathe better. The fundamentals of the biology is to take new, uh, notes of your nutrition. Uh, and the fundamentals of uh, fitness is to work your spine every single day in the three planes of motion. Portion about the spine is interesting because, yeah, um, even if you sit up, sit down for a little bit, you can feel it. Or at least if you're a fitness person, maybe your mind is on it more, but I mean, if I get up and I feel one crack in my back, like I feel that my back cracked because I stood up after sitting for a while, it's telling me that I probably shouldn't have been sitting for that long, or maybe I sat in a position that wasn't that ergonomic, but your body starts talking almost. Oh my God. It's keeping track all the time. <laughs> it has so much to say in that, ner in that nervous system. We call it proprioception or spatial awareness, but man, it yeah. speaks a lot. <laughs> And just the way that you fired off that information kind of indicates how much you have kind of crafted the fundamentals that you focus on and how much you have gone over it with clients or with yourself. You know, it seems to be a core part of who you are. Yes, I, I do this just so you know, I, I do this five days a week myself. I have a notebook that I, I wake up every single morning. I mm -hmm. write the checkbox for the things that I have to do, one of them being 10 minutes of breathing. One of the being tw uh, 20 minutes of moving through the order of operations or the fitness fundamentals, uh, and then uh, 30 minutes of physical exercise at minimum. And I have to write those down every single day, or excuse me, five days a week. And I have to check that box by the end of the day, five days a week. That is how serious this is to me as far as how effective it has been. It's been so effective that it's like drinking morning coffee for me. If I don't get it, I can feel it. <laughs> 
Uh, it, is, it is definitely an amazing practice that I've added into my life that has brought to a lot of a lot of health and wealth to it. And more importantly, it's really allowed me to understand what sustainable health is as I can connect the vision of the future with the vision of the current, uh, which is a very, very fun thing to be able to do as I live to be 100, which is my ultimate goal with this deal. Yeah. So what do you say to someone who says that's a lot of work, life's too short, might as well <laughs> eat what you want and enjoy it? What is your answer or response to people who say that? That's a really tough question to answer. You know, there's, uh, I guess, here's how I will answer that question. We all need to find joy in what we're doing in life and how we find joy. This is my belief. We all need to find joy in what we do in life and how we find joy is 100% up to us. We have that choice and we have that capacity uh, in the, the world that we live in. Yeah, that solves the, uh, well, it's my life, I want to live it. However, when we lose that joy, which happens in life, that's the ebbs and flows of life, like fitness gets boring as F for me sometimes. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just being honest. Yeah. <laughs> but when I hit those ebbs, it's the data from all those flows that I look at that gives me the confidence that I will come out of this because I can see that I have been here before. And I can see that I will come out of this again. So yeah. having that hard measure on your life really allows you to get through those tough times when we seem to lose joy. And it's happened to all of us where we've made a decision because maybe life wasn't the way we wanted it to be. And then later on, that decision came back to impact or uh, to haunt us. And in hindsight, 2020, we already did that before, but we just missed it at the time because we were in our ebb, if you will. Uh, so this data, this metrics, having some way of just measuring your life for your success I think is very vital just to ensuring that when you get off the path, it's easy to get back on it. It's sustainable. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer because sometimes you overlook what you already went through, but if you're making note of it as you're going through it, then you have that history to look back on. And yeah. at that point you have no excuse really to say, I'm not going to show up or it's not even about an excuse. It could be your motivation to go again. Yep. And it could also be confirmation that you've already done this and you already overcame it. And sometimes your perspective was just a little bit different. So sometimes you could just make a mental shift to, oh, well, this time I'm thinking about it this way. But when I did it, went through it in the past, my perspective was a bit different. So I just have to get back to that perspective. Would you say all those things kind of feed into it? 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, all true. Yeah, yeah, because there are some uh, fitness people who are anti-logging um, too, which they can, they can be anti-logging um, their training. But what the example you just gave is a good argument for logging your training. You never know when you might need it, you know? I wouldn't even call it an argument. Uh, what, one thing that I have, I have learned and I will never forget because life reminds you all the time. And this is something I have to tell myself is that I can't help everybody. And what that means is the methodologies that I have found so much success with are going to help some people. It will, will not help every single person. No one's methodology will help every single person just for the clear understanding of the fact that there's so many different ways of living in this world, right? Uh, so I would never, I, I personally would never say that or, or argue you against someone who's saying, well, I think this is the way to do it because you know what? Hey, you're right. And so am I. 
what you're doing works for a lot of people. And the point here, the thing that you and I are coming together on is that we're here to help people get physically fit for a lifetime. And if both of our ways are working with a shit ton of people, excuse my friends, but we should probably both shut the fuck up and listen, right? There's nothing to really argue about right here. Uh, what happens is we both need to stop talking to each other and trying to figure out who's got something better and start trying to listen to each other and make what we have better for the people that we're helping. That would be yep. my argument at that stage. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can't help everyone, but if you help someone, that's worth it. Like um, your client who said, you know, you helped her walk again. So can can you describe that experience or the training that you pr provided to that client and specifically what she was dealing with, because I only have a sentence from her, so I don't want to miscategorize anything, but can you describe training that client and the outcome and how she yeah, yeah. you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the individual, um, I guess we'll keep her name off. I'm not really sure if she would care. I haven't spoken with her recently, but uh, she, um, she came in with necrosis of, I believe it was her right hip socket. In other words, she just had an injury that severed some blood vessels and she was just not really going to have a healthy hip uh, as far as uh, what we would consider one with all the suspension in it, if you will. Uh, so the only option that we had with her was to see what musculature that still had blood flow to it that we could get to function to help create strength so we could satisfy the one thing that she wanted to do, which was to be able to walk, just walk like a normal human being. So we, uh, we set a goal for her. I think it took us... Yeah, it's probably been about three years since this happened. It probably took us about a year and a half, maybe two years, I'll say. We set a goal for her to cover a 5K. So we signed up for a race. We went to that race, and we did 3.1 miles together. It took us about a year and a half, two years to get there. So our goal was to walk, and the 5K was to get us there. That was our measure. That was our metric. That was the data point that we were aiming for. So whatever we did, we had to make sure that we were moving towards getting that 5K done. So we started uh, with the fundamentals of fitness, or so the order of operations, which the order of operations, I haven't talked about it too much, but it is the, it's the physical guide for that spinal exercise that I was speaking of earlier. Uh, so we started working through the order of operations with her spine just to see what, see what was available to us as far as her kinetic ability, what kinetic change, what, nervous, what nerve cords were still available to create movement in the muscle. Um, and once we were able to identify that by running through the planes of motion, we then started using kinematics and kinetics, which kinematics is kind of a newer term, but it's basically the, um, how a client would describe a sensation of an exercise. Uh, so by looking at the kinetics of how the human body should function and listening to the kinematics of what Erica was telling, oh, excuse me, oh, well, I don't know, I don't think she'll mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> hearing her kinematic experience about what she was actually uh, feeling, we were able to come to a middle ground to ensure that we were, we, we were never doing too much or never doing too little. We basically built a, a scale of one to 10 of pain. And uh, as long as we were working below a five of pain, we could continue to do an exercise. But anytime we bumped above that, we'd have to sit back and reassess. Um, so yeah, so we, uh, we use the fundamentals of fitness, the order of operations. Um, I basically looked at the, the uh, geometry of what human physiology kinetically is supposed to look like, related that with what she was telling me she was feeling, and together, we got her to that 5K, and she did it. She walked all 3.1 miles of that 5K with the help wow. of a stick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that takes a lot of dedication from her and also a lot of knowledge from you. So She was, uh, 
he was a willing client, you know, and you can only help the willing. And that's what, uh, that's, that's truly where the success was driven from was her willingness to just show up and do it on days when it hurt, do it on days when it was just almost impossible to do. But man, talk about an inspiration. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. And that, that's true. You can only help the willing. I remember that as uh, a trainer myself. Now you did mention on days when, um, you know, it hurt and days when it didn't, obviously you're training, you tailor in a way that there's no overtraining, overtraining risk that she has to worry about. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. So I can elaborate on that if you'd like for me to how we do. Yes, please. Cool. Uh, The fundamentals of fitness and the order of operations, I'll refer to it as the order of operations. And now we're getting into like the details of how this guy works. Uh, There, there's four levels to this guy. Uh, There's our static, there's our mobilizing, excuse me, static, our activating, our mobilizing, then our strength component of this. And this is basically a scale that we need to work on, right? Uh, so on this scale, this, this scale of activating muscles, we can activate muscles in a way of uh, length, like flexibility, or a way of strength, such as like think big muscly people. Uh, and then right in the middle of that is where mobility comes in, okay? So what we do, uh, we use static exercises to help create the length that we need. And, uh, you know, say, for example, uh, she would come in and things were just real tough and it was just a lot of pain. Our main goal that day would be to create space, to statically sit, activate the muscles, mobilize them to create space. But on days when she came in and she felt great, there was no pain. Well, we'd use those days to slide over to that strength side of the scale to start to put some strength into those joints. Because, all right, we're feeling good. There's space to move. Everything's working well. Let's strengthen whatever we can strengthen within the hip, within the core. Uh, So that the next time we come in and we know there's a pain day, we know that we're going to be putting space back into some stronger muscles, therefore creating mobility using this fundamental little scale. So it was uh, to kind of tie in that kinematic approach to it. um, You know, there there was a there was a plan, but this plan was just so, uh, so pliable uh, with the uh, by using this scale that, you know, we may we may spend two weeks on nothing but length exercises with her uh, just because that's the current state of her body and the recovery she's in. Uh, and then we may only may only have had two strength days in there, and then we're back to length again. But in the greater scheme, we were letting her body tell us what it needed because she was in such a severe state of injury, such a severe state of trauma. Yeah, and so going that way, that feeds right into sustainability and lifelong fitness because you're not trying to rush that goal; you're doing it as her body can actually handle it. Right, hundred yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we uh, we have this idea that we're that we're all. Uh, Olympic athletes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. We all seem to approach our workouts like I haven't worked out in five years. I'm going to go into this gym. I'm going to be just like the number one Olympian, right? Uh, and you know, the truth is, like, that is not us. Uh, we don't, the Olympians that we, you know, what we don't ever see is all the things that it takes to make that success, such as the recovery period, nutrition, the rest, like all those things that they, they incorporate into their day the same way that we incorporate uh, time into our day. You know, we, we associate or we give eight hours to work. Well, they may give, four hours to rest, two hours to work out, and two hours to eating because that's their eight-hour day, right? So they allocate their time to do all these things that we just don't have the time to do because we're not them. So we have to change our approach and, and what we think about, about workouts. And we're not, you know, we're not going in there just like, I just need to get a good sweat. Like, no, <laughs> we're going in there for a very specific person and that's to, or per, purpose, and that's to understand the current kinetic state of our body. So that we can ensure that whatever workout, exercise, whatever we do that day is helping our body progress as opposed to just beating it down or yeah. getting the junk out 
or insert whatever reason that we desire to exercise. Yeah. And that needs to be, you know, practiced a whole lot more. If you ask me throughout gyms, especially gyms that have trainers, that's not a common practice. It's more about make, make people feel like they did something. That's their main purpose. So, um, (laughs) your, your method, uh, uh, definitely is more effective and long lasting. And, um, I'm sure clients come away understanding when they go off on their own, if they go off on their own with training that they don't have to beat themselves up to get results. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes there are days where, uh, I have on myself where like, man, it's just a day where like, I'm not really feeling it. I don't really want to be here but I don't really care. I can just tell because I'm kind of being an a-hole today. Maybe I'm in a stressed out mood. I got to go kick my butt in the gym today. Sometimes you have to do yourself and I'll do that. I'll, I'll do that to myself with the work. I like, okay, this is a good hard workout. I've just got to go all in on this one and just see what I can get done. And then there's yeah. days like today. Today was not my best day. Uh, I woke up not necessarily feeling well physically. I feel great mentally. I feel great everywhere else, uh, but I've been having some discomfort. that's kind of plagued some other injuries in my lower back. So the workout that I did today, man, I just took it in stride. You know, I I took long little breaks. I say long, I probably took about 20 second breaks in between what I was doing as opposed to taking no breaks or maybe a five second break. And I gave myself some time, did a sip of water, you know, look around, enjoy what I was, you know, enjoy the scenery, you know, like, oh, look, there's somebody doing a really heavy squat over there. That's pretty cool to watch. Oh, that lady's doing a new deadlift. That's all, you know, like (laughs) sometimes it's good to take in the scenery. So, uh, yeah, tying that approach and just really allows you to, it seems like you're giving your, 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 you know, to tie in the mind, body, spirit. Um, this is, you know, by no means is this something that I've collected data on, but this is just a sensation and a, a philosophy, if you will. Um, if we kind of listen to our, the way that our mind and our body is working together, we, we tend to give ourselves the perfect workout to keep ourselves on that straight line that we need to get on. And it, it really, it really is a hard thing to take the time to sit down and, and listen to ourselves. But on those days when we sit down and just breathe for 10 minutes, and we realize that, you know, to give you a, a very personal example, when I cannot sit down for 10 minutes and focus on my breath, I've got to wear myself out because I'm like ADD at this point. I'm high strung about something. There's something that I just can't seem to put my mind on that I'm paying attention to or, and I can't pay attention. So I'll just go run myself into a real hard workout. And nine times out of 10, I'm so tired. The thought comes out of my head and I finally get that thing out of my brain. I've been trying to think I've been trying to get yeah. out. Uh, you know, and then on, on days I sit down and I can just like run through my breath and the breath is great. And then the workouts, I'm like, sweet, I don't really care what it is. I'm just going to coast through it today because this is one of those days where I need to do that. I can go all day on that. Uh, but yeah, I, to really tie it in, it is definitely a um, a very important thing to understand the physiology, understand that kinetic experience and uh, apply it appropriately to your workout so that you can do every workout, but you just may not do them to the level that you think you're supposed to, so to speak. Okay. So we spoke about your training philosophy with your clients. How did you get started working out? I have got to talk about the most fortunate upbringing that I had, which was uh, I have two, I'm the youngest of three children, two older sisters, both of whom were extremely talented gymnasts, uh, both of whom uh, in their, I think around the ages of 10 to 14 were in the junior Olympic training program. Uh, so I grew up watching basically human beings do something incredible feats of human physiology. Um, fast forward to my teenage years, uh, I kind of dropped out of doing a lot of stuff. I had stopped playing uh, sports. I played baseball. A lot, and that was my main sport growing up. And I just kind of got tired of team sports. And uh, 
I got fat for a little bit in my younger years. I peaked out at about 225 pounds as a teenager. Uh, and all this was right before I had that, that, that puberty growth spurt. Mm-hmm. But like during this time period, like this, this, I was about 15 years old. And I'm still, I've got like a very fit family. My sisters are still in great shape. My dad's in great shape. My mom's in great shape. And I was like the only out of shape one. No one ever gave me any mess about it, by the way, which was a great thing. But I just, you know, just, it just didn't look right. I didn't feel right. Um, I just, you know, I didn't feel like I was that same, like, young athlete that I, well, I was still young, the same athlete that I was when I was 10 or 11. Uh, so I just, I took it upon myself to start exercising. And I started riding a nine mile loop on a bike as often as I could when I was about 15 years old. And I had my sister write down kind of a rough nutrition plan for me. I started doing this and I literally have not stopped. Wow. <laughs> um, so, you know, and dad, and I, I wish, I'm pretty sure I still have that piece of paper somewhere with that plan, but I, I followed that plan and I still follow it to the point to where I still eat the same breakfast that she recommended me eating, which was eggs and toast. And that's my primary breakfast to this day. Um, but throughout this time period, um, I just went on to develop the practice for something that was very effective for me. I did a, a lot of tours in different forms of fitness. Uh, I, I, I taught trained and competed in powerlifting. I taught, trained, competed in bodybuilding, taught, trained, competed in strongman. Um, I trained and competed in obstacle racing, uh, trained and competed in many different distance races, uh, trained and competed and taught CrossFit as well. Um, and during, during all those different disciplines, uh, practicing all these different forms of, of physiology is really the thing that really helped me identify the fundamentals of everything and really figure out that although we're training under a different badge, we are all fundamentally training the same thing vis-a-vis the order of operations uh, that I've been mentioning here and there. Wow. So yeah, that's kind of my start to finish in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's a extensive experience, which is great for your clients, I'm sure, when they come from, yeah. when they have different goals. 22 so, years of personal experience and 17 years of professional experience. <laughs> yeah, you might as well count that other experience. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what that's what built the foundation of it. Yeah. <laughs> who defined my career path in life? <laughs> yeah. So what are your current uh, health and fitness goals? Oh, man, this is such a sad thing to have to say. But currently, my, my health and fitness goals are to heal my lumbar spine. I chipped a piece off of my uh, L4 vertebrae during a tripping and falling accident, unfortunately doing nothing cool, uh, but broke a piece of my spine off last October, uh, herniated two discs in the process, uh, bulged two of my discs as well. Or that's the same thing, excuse me, a tour. That's what it was, tore the two discs as well. Uh, so my current my current uh, health and fitness goal is literally just to get back to normal. Uh, there, was, there was a long period of time where I would have I would struggle to stand up straight. Uh, and you want to talk about um, having the perfect client. <laughs> you know, the, Erica yeah. was the perfect client so that whenever I've had my issues, it was very easy for me to already know what to do, which to bring that data point is because I already built this program and taken this data on someone else. It was very easy for me to find confidence that I was going to come out of this injury and not be sidelined anymore. Uh, yeah, so my, my current fitness goals are, are to get back to, com- to competition shape. This is, uh, the, I didn't compete in anything this year, haven't so far because of it. And uh, as soon as I can get back to where I can do the competitions that I like to do, whatever that may be, then I'll be super excited and super happy. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> Yeah, life is unpredictable. And um, it, it's good that you focused on longevity type of movement before you got that injury, because not only do you know what to do now, but it probably will make it easier to recover, I imagine. Um, no, it, and it, it has actually helped me improve on a lot of things as well. And as I've gained better 
spinal function and strengthening all those little spinal erectors and all those nervous connections. Uh, uh, you know, I mentioned CrossFit. That's, that's what I was competing in most recently. And my favorite move in that is the muscle up. Um, and since I've been doing these spinal exercises and not really training muscle ups, I found that my ability to coordinate my spine and that very complex movement of the muscle up has become so much easier, which is one of those, like, I was not expecting to get better while I was injured, Wow! <laughs> but I actually did. It was, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And there's other little, other little exercises in that same realm where I'm like, okay, all right. So I must be doing something right. Cause I'm feeling better and things that I should have gotten worse at. I've gotten better at. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to need you to help me with muscle ups because <laughs> I've been trying to figure that out for a while. I love doing muscle ups. I, I could I could just train those all day to me. They're so much fun. It took me so long to get them. I, I fought for like three or four years before I got my first muscle up, but I, I still haven't stopped loving them since. Yeah, <laughs> since well, I got when, it. when it's that hard to get, then you never want to lose it. I'm sure. Right. So yeah, true. it's more like a a brain teaser than anything. Hundred yeah, percent. It's, it's a very nuanced movement. It can be as powerful or finessed as you want. Yeah. So, so how can listeners connect with you and find out more information about you? You can find me on YouTube. I have my channel Unshakably Fit. Uh, I have two channels actually. One is Unshakable Fitness, and one of them is Unshakably Fit. Uh, the Unshakable Fitness uh, has a lot of my older stuff on there, and, and if you go on that channel, you'll be able to see a lot of the information that uh, originally got me started. Uh, but to communicate with me and see some of the newer stuff, check out the Unshakably Fit uh, YouTube channel. And you can also email me at unshakablyfit at gmail.com. And are there any motivating words that you can leave for listeners? 100%. Uh, I tell every single person that the only way that you're going to find success is by remembering this. If you do the work, it will work for you. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> Well, Andy, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this podcast episode, and I hope you'll join me for future episodes because you have a lot to teach listeners. I will gladly offer any information I have to anyone who's willing to listen anytime. <laughs> okay, listeners, and I'll leave the links below in the podcast description for Andy's contact information, his social media information, as well as his email address. And that concludes this episode. Thank you for listening and remember to stay strong and well.